episode 167 2022 predictions and more welcome to this echo cast it is a podcast about gaming brought to you by me morgan aka bon diesel please take a moment to subscribe to and rate the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it on if you are on spotify please leave a review on the app if you're on itunes please leave a review at all if you're on youtube please make a comment down below either do it right now for the algorithm or do it at the end of the show to uh pose me a question to give your take on something i say or to just say hi thank you to our patreon supporters this month pk uber timmy hassan christian man-made golf Grenoble, and the dawn if you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash Bon Diesel. Last but not least, please consider contributing to my 2022 Extra Life campaign by clicking on the links in the description, comments, or by checking out my Twitter. Let's get into it because there's some cool stuff to talk about. 2022 games I am excited about. Uh, so this isn't every game that's coming out next year or this year, Jesus Pete's. Uh, it's not. It's not. It may not be every game you're excited about. There's no PlayStation games on here. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm not buying a PlayStation this year. There's some cool stuff happening over there. Check out PS I Love You uh, with Kind of Funny if you uh, want to talk about that. But I'm just gonna. I just grabbed a, a list. I grabbed the the handful of games out of it I'm excited about, and uh, that's what we're gonna talk about now. And these are generally in release order even though there's a few games at the end that have no release date at this time so the first one i just said there's no playstation games and i'm immediately wrong kind of so god of war comes out here actually really soon a week from this recording um and it's come out on pc so uh, I've played every God of War game besides this one. Um, I know I'm a big X-Bot these days, but, um, you know, especially in high school uh, and shortly after college, um, I had a PlayStation 1, 2, and PlayStation 3. Uh, the PS4 was the first one I didn't have. And um, God of War was a big part of that. I loved God of War. Um, this newer one honestly didn't interest me that much because they it's such a big change from what the old games were they're trying to make it more mature make it more uh the honestly just the current playstation uh style of games by doing the over the shoulder third person action adventure it's what they do and they're super good at it i think they should try to maybe diversify a bit but you know at, at the same time if it ain't broke right so uh so they announced a while back that god of war was coming on pc if you don't follow um you know if you're the a lucky person if you're smart and you stay away from social media you may not know that this caused quite a stir and it's because there's a lot of sony playstation fans who feel like putting their games their their playstation exclusives on pc will dilute their brand and somehow make sony weaker um in their perceived console war with xbox um obviously sony and microsoft are competing right um i think it's a pretty solid argument to make that they um it's hard to say they're, they're trying to do such different things. I talked about this last week a little bit in that um, I, I feel like the two companies um, have such different visions for the long run of what their companies are doing. I, um, and, and you can listen to that episode if you want some of that take. But um, long story short, uh, PlayStation has started to loosen up a bit on their exclusivity and they have started to put some of their games on PC uh, multiple years after they release uh, this, 
I believe God of War came out two and a half, three years ago, if not a bit more. And, um, but hey, rejoice. We have God of War on a, a non exclusive platform. It's coming to PC, and I'm excited for this. I, I, I'm probably going to check it out. Now, if it's going to be straight up 60 bucks for a game that's that old, um, I, I may have to wait a minute to see if it goes on sale. I'm not sure how the other. Sony games have done when it comes to sales, if they ever go on sale or how long it takes and so on and so forth. Um, I had no interest in like Days Gone. Um, I'm also interested in playing Horizon, uh, the first one, which is on PC as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, ex I'm, I'm, I'm curious about God of War. Um, I'm still not super sold on the, the how much they changed what that franchise is, but uh, it didn't win Game of the Year from the Game Awards over Red Dead Redemption 2 for no reason. I loved Red Dead Redemption 2, and I think it's, um, I, I find it really hard to believe that God of War was clearly a winner over it, but um, obviously enough people disagreed. So we'll be checking that out probably. Rainbow Six Extraction. So that, that's one that um, is worth talking about in general, but especially with news that came out this week. Um, so Extraction is part of um what we're seeing what we've been seeing for the last year or so and we're going to see it still moving forward for a while is I, i'm under the impression that a few years ago um, ubisoft basically after seeing the success of fortnite um, ubisoft put out a directive to all their major studios and said hey we want you all to work on some side projects um, using existing ips and um existing uh, materials and existing content to make some like double a level games um, that are going to be free to play or you know a reduced price um, and and a bunch of games have come from that um, so games like um, phoenix rising um, games like I always forget what it's called because it just disappeared so quickly. Um, the, the battle Royale they did that had kind of a, a unique spin and was in the Assassin's Creed universe. Um, it, it wasn't in the Assassin's Creed universe. They just re Assassin's Creed are the assets it was reusing to make that game. Um, Phoenix rising was reusing. Uh, um, uh, so I believe the BR was using unity assets Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, Phoenix Rising was pretty obviously reusing Odyssey assets. Um, I think we're seeing this again with the Ghost Recon Frontline. I believe that's part of this directive. Um, the uh, the X Defiant uh, Call of Duty-ish hero shooter they're putting out um, is the Division. Uh, the, the Division's version of this, um, this reuse of assets. It's not Heartland, um, by the way. So um, for various reasons, I'm under the impression and have some knowledge that um, Heartland was a project. It's it's like its own thing. Um, the, the the directive to make these, these games using existing game assets, um, the one for The Division is actually X Defiant, um, which is pretty obvious when you've seen what we've seen of it. It's... Um, I know it includes um, Splinter Cell and Ghost Recon now, but that game pretty obviously at least started um, off as a division first-person shooter um, spin-off PvP game. But, um, you know, I, I doubt we'll ever get confirmation of that necessarily. Um, I think it's stupid that they're jamming in these other franchises, but yeah. anyways. So Extraction is the Rainbow Six reuse asset game. And, um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm somewhat limited. I can really only talk about what we've all seen. Um, I am, I am under NDA for playing it. So I can't really give any impressions about that. Um, but from what we've seen of it, um, it essentially looks like a, a, a much more expanded version of an event they did years ago, um, that, that had kind of a similar feel to it. I, I don't know, man. I can't say I'm excited about extraction, but here's the thing. I don't have to be because we found out this week they are putting extraction onto game pass day one. Um, that's a big deal. Um, it's for PC and Xbox, I believe. So um, the only people who won't get instant access to it are um, Sony unless you pay for it. 
PlayStation players. So, um, what do I think of that? Um, I, I have kind of mixed feelings on that announcement. Um, it to me feels like I, I I wonder if it's like a bad omen. Maybe there's um, some reasons why they think that they need to give it away or that they um, need to make a deal. It was a similar situation with was it Outriders when they did that? That game came out. You know, some people enjoyed it, but it. I think ended up being a very flash in the pan type game because um, it didn't have legs for the long term. Um, I kind of feel like that's what this extraction thing is going to be like. What people need to realize is that this directive to put out these games reusing assets wasn't to make these big dramatic entries into their existing IPs. It was to make a quick buck. <laughs> so that's why they're reusing assets. They They want low overhead games they can put out that will be popular enough to make quick money. If they're free to play, they'll have microtransactions. If they're not free to play, they'll probably still have microtransactions, um, like I'm sure Extraction will. Um, you know, what they've shown us of Extraction, that, you know, there are some really cool game mechanics, and it appears that it's not like a, like a Left 4 Dead-style game, uh, which is what I thought it would be, where it's going to be really chaotic and fast-paced and all that. Um, extraction actually appears like it's going to be a very slow paced game um, that's going to actually reward um, a lot of kind of slow monotonous gameplay um, my issue is it's you know it's it's reusing the operators that they're, they're trying to sell that as like a selling point of it um, to me it it just it looks like um, they've they've really amped up the terrorist mode. Um, obviously, it's a much more mechanically different thing than that, and I don't want to undersell it necessarily. But I don't know. I, I I think it it just isn't super exciting. But here's the cool thing: um, I can try it for free, and if I don't like it, I just delete it, and it makes no difference to me. So, uh, admittedly, that part of it um, I think is really cool, and I'm really glad. Uh, that it's going on the Game Pass because I probably wasn't going to buy it otherwise. And it's pretty suffice to say at this point, I'm not really expecting to get free codes from Ubisoft anymore. I feel like I've been um, fairly sufficiently negative on them. Um, I think I have every reason to be, personally. Um, but regardless, uh, I won't need a code because I can play it through Game Pass. So, uh, bada boom, bada bing, or whatever. So, um, Next up is i just called this february of this year so for a while for a year or more now people have been really talking about um february of this year being like a nightmare for game reviewers especially and people in gaming uh media and creation because um there's a ton of huge projects coming out in in, in, in february of 2022 um i'm in a weird spot where I don't care about a single game coming out that month. So it's been really interesting with me hearing um, all of this hype about February and people feeling, oh man, like February is going to be so hard. There's going to be so many games to play, blah, blah, blah. Where I was just kind of sitting in the background, like I'm kind of excited about Division 2 content. And if you follow the Division 2, you know that uh, I don't need to be excited about that anymore because it's not, uh, it's indefinitely delayed and we will see um, if that means like a month or two, or if that means like six months, we'll talk about that later. So, um, I mean, the headlining game, I think, and next month among all of the amazing things coming is, is Elden Ring. I know this is, um, being kind of reported and talked about by people as being the FromSoft game that can get non dead souls type people into their games. I just don't, I can't care, man. Um, if you've listened to me long enough, or if you're brand new, you can learn this now. I'm not into high fantasy medieval games. That means I don't like The Witcher 3. That means I don't care about Elden Ring or, or anything like that. I, I, I don't really like Valhalla, Assassin's Creed, like kind of that, that whole era and that whole aesthetic. I just don't care. I'm, I've, I've definitely figured out that I'm a more of a modern setting type game person, and it's one of those things where like i respect the fromsoft games um they're they're obviously very prolific they're obviously very loved by millions of people i still think they're pretty niche but their sales numbers um dispute that to a point so um 
as great as February looks to a lot of people, I honestly don't really care. <laughs> and um, I, I, I will be very happy for everyone else. And I will be patiently, uh, you know, you know, kind of just waiting in the corner for, for my other things to come. So uh, the next game I saw on the list was Stalker 2. That's going to, I think, start off as a uh, Game Pass uh, Day 1 exclusive um so i never played the original stalker i've oddly enough watched a lot of videos about it because i've seen people talk about it and um, if you don't know the original stalker came out quite a long time ago um but even to this day has a very dedicated and very passionate uh, mod community um that has expanded this relatively complicated and pretty um you know, in-depth game into something that's even more. They, they, the people, like, from what I've seen, it, they, they've essentially remastered the game in the years since it came out and added a ton more content. Um, it's a PvE game um, that has these, like, really intricate systems of factions and, and exploration and survival and all of this stuff. Um, and it looks like Stalker 2 is going to be taking that to the next level uh, with new gen it, i believe it's technically um the first unreal engine 5 game to come out um if, if i remember correctly i i want to say that fortnite is truly the first one i feel like i think it's already on unreal 5 um because it's epic's own game right so it kind of makes sense um but i believe this is the first non-epic game that will come out with unreal 5 and um, in theory, from what we've seen, that should mean that uh, at the very least, its visual fidelity is going to be great. Obviously, a few weeks ago, they had their big drama with the NFT thing where they were basically trying to force NFTs into their game with things that didn't seem like they really needed NFTs to do them. And so they caught a lot of crap. They then said something along the lines of, uh, so they announced the NFTs. And I think the next day they said, well, no, 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 this is why we're doing NFTs. And then literally like hours later, they're like, we're not going to do NFTs. Our bad. <laughs> so um, I think they may have lost a little bit of faith from people in that. At the same time, that was probably some of the best advertising they could have gotten. I believe this is coming out in March. So it's not that far away. I'm I'm really excited for Stalker 2. It, it looks like a game. I, I've been really into Tarkov. If you pay attention to my Twitch live streams, you'll know that I went from being a legitimate variety creator uh, streamer for a few months to now I've basically, I think my last like seven or eight streams have all been Tarkov. So um, the Stalker to me looks very much like it's going to have a, a Tarkov vibe, um, but in a PvE game, which is, um, if you don't know, Tarkov is a eventually supposed to have a pve a uh, single player story kind of experience um supposedly it's not that far away i don't entirely believe that basically anytime tarkov says they something's coming soon you should you know tack on a, a few months or years to that or uh, some some if evers um so uh, i'm hoping that the stalker 2 kind of can uh, fill that 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 void um, of a Tarkov game where you aren't constantly worried about a hacker or an Uber Chad uh, destroying you and you can just try to enjoy it as a game. Uh, and then the final one for the year that I was really excited about that we know is coming um, is Starfield. And I've been talking about this for a long time. Um, as many of you know, I've had kind of a, a renaissance of, of video games and opinions and, um, and how I feel about games in general and kind of where I rank my favorite franchises. Um, especially since March when the Mass Effect Legendary Edition dropped and quickly became my favorite games trilogy IP of all time. Um, you know, unfortunately, it usurped uh, the division in that context uh, for various reasons, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, yeah, Mass Effect is the best. I, I, I just freaking love it. And I can't wait for the next game. There's going to be time to talk about that. But um Starfield um, is in a weird spot for me, and it's really exciting. Um, I know Fallout 76 sucked. I know that Fallout 4 wasn't everything a Fallout game is expected to be. I love Fallout 4. I think it's a great game. Um, I don't think it's a perfect game. Uh, I think it improves their formula in some ways over New Vegas and 3. I think it regresses, especially in storytelling and um like the branching endings and stuff like that. I, you know, it's not as good, 
I, I'm hoping that Starfield is a big step in the right direction and the result of a lot of lessons learned, especially from four more so than 76. Um, it's supposed to be the debut of their legitimately new engine for their game um, that, uh, you know, 76, you know, people are hesitant to be excited about what Starfield's going to look like because 76 was supposed to have all of this graphical improvement and it just looks out. It looks like fallout four. <laughs> and in some ways it almost looks worse. So I, I understand why people are hesitant to get excited about Starfield. Um, I, I think for me, the copium I've been taking is that um, 76 was kind of a side project and that Starfield has been their main focus for like five or six years, uh, I think basically since four came out. Um, and so I'm really hoping that that um, comes to fruition because Starfield really looks like it may kind of be able to take that void I'm feeling with Mass Effect, where I've beaten a trilogy like four or five times. I'm in the middle of a playthrough right now, but I haven't touched it in like two months because um, I just need to take a break. I've played too much Mass Effect too quickly. <laughs> um and, you know, Andromeda is okay of a, as a game, but I, I've played it twice and I don't really need to touch it again because it still has a lot of issues. Um, so I'm really hoping Starfield can fill that Mass Effect void. You know, that's that's what I'm counting on. So um, supposedly this E3, they're going to have a bunch of stuff about Starfield. And, uh, you know, so we can obviously talk a lot more about it then. Um, and then that comes out on 11-11-22, supposedly. I think it's going to. In fact, I think it probably could have come out earlier. I think they like that date. I think Microsoft, there's probably someone whispering there in their whispering in their ear. Hey, yeah, you guys need to uh, make sure this thing comes out pristine. And so even if it means they're taking like a whole year just to QA or to finish features, they didn't think they'd be able to finish. Uh, I, I suspect that's what's happening right now. Um, the rest of these games are going to be things that um, we don't know are coming this year, but that may. Um, the, the first one is more of just a topic to me. Um, I, I'm not even that interested anymore, but it's Fall Guys. Um, so I think it was last summer Fall Guys got announced uh, that it was going to come out on Xbox and Nintendo Switch. And um, and it hasn't still. And they like kind of acknowledged it a few times being like, yeah, like it's delayed where because of reasons, but they never really explained why. And at this point, it's kind of just a thing of like, I don't know if it's going to happen, um, but they're still putting out content on, on uh, PlayStation. And it's really interesting because uh, it's on PlayStation and PC. And um, I think that Sony has a marketing deal with them where, you know, with Epic, um, they, they, they released it through, I think Epic owns the studio now. Um, so it's, it's through the Epic game store on PC. Um, and then it's exclusive to PlayStation still It's not on Xbox or switch. And, um, I'm willing to bet that there was some money that exchange hands somewhere that, that said, Hey, let's, let's keep it exclusive on uh, Sony or on PlayStation for, for a while. And it seems like it's been quite a while. Um, Obviously, they have to do things to to make these games work on the other platforms, but it's not like they have to do like full big um, ports of it. It's, it, you know, it's smaller than that, but still significant. So, um, yeah, I'm really curious if Fall Guys is going to come. I honestly don't even know if I'm interested anymore. Um, I would play it. I'm sure I would jump on and, and play around with it because it looks fun. But I mean, they're in what, like season three or four of content now. Like it's so far past that I really think they missed their their moment. Um, uh, it's a game that some people seem to still enjoy. But even when it comes on Switch and Xbox, I think it's going to be very flash in the pan because it's just been so long since it was like the hype thing, you know. So we'll see. Um, the next one is a game that if it is coming out this year will probably be the game I'm the most excited about. That's Sinuous Saga. Uh, we did finally get to see some gameplay quote, quotes um, at, at this uh, you know, the, the Game Awards recently, um, and it looks just wild. It looks so good. And um, I'm not expecting this to be the like the like most impressive gameplay game in the world. I, that's the first game's gameplay is okay. The combat is fine. Um, it's not overly complicated. 
um, it just tells such a good story and it's so pretty and it's so, um, it really just digs into your, your brain and your heart. And, um, and that's what I'm really expecting from this next game even more so. Um, and if it is a really fun game to play, that's fine. But kind of like guardians of the galaxy that came out a few months ago, I didn't love playing that game. Um, it was fine. Uh, the combat was okay. It felt a little bullet spongy. Um, and, and working with your team was like kind of fun, but you know, it, it just felt a little button mashy. Um, but I love that story and the characters and everything about it. It looks so good. It was so pretty. Um, and that's what I want from Hellblade. Uh, if it can be like a, a satisfying, like God of War type experience where they, they bring the story and the gameplay. Great. But I want story. I want a really cool story. And I think, I think we'll get it. Um, the next bit is talking about the division. So division two had content that was due in February and that got delayed. Um, indefinitely. we don't know when that's coming. Um, most of the time in the history of the, the division, when things got delayed, it was a delay of like a couple months. Um, but we don't know. We have no idea. And at this point, it um, it wouldn't surprise me if this content doesn't drop until the summer. Um, could even be fall. I, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and find out. And we definitely probably won't be told anytime soon. Um, and then there's the question of the Division Heartland, the free-to-play game that um, we, we've seen mention of, some brief um, mention of it and some leaks as well. And we we haven't heard anything on that front either. So, um, I think both of these will come out this year. Um, Heartland being a free to play game, it very well could come out in like a early access, um, situation. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, so I expect to see these two things, you know, some new division two content and Heartland this year, but I, I don't know, man, uh, that, that whole Ubisoft's whole situation right now is very weird and very, um, kind of hard to predict. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and then the final thing to talk about is, is just delays. Um, I, I think that we'll start to see things settle, um, and, and get a little more, um, back on schedule next year. So games that are scheduled for release in 2023. I think that may start to actually, you know, stay, we may stop seeing delays because of COVID. Um, now we may see delays for other reasons because that's how games work, but um, I, I still expect this year that there will be delays on delays. So if there's a game that you're really excited about this year, I would, I would, uh, be excited, but maybe not put your heart totally on that date they have today. I've already seen people saying like, oh yeah, I've taken PTO for this game when it comes out. And if that game's more than like two weeks out. I would not do that <laughs> unless you can change your PTO really easily. But I know sometimes once you put in PTO at some jobs, you can't change it or it's at least very difficult. So um, I would just be cautious with your expectations in your heart this year. I, I expect tons of delays. Um, it seems like COVID um, hopefully it seems like this, this Omicron variant um, is actually so widespread that, uh, that there's some people predicting that may actually cause, um, a lot of cases to start subsiding because everyone's going to get it and gain some type of immunity. Um, but you know, we don't know people need to remember that when the Spanish flu happened years, you know, back a hundred years ago, um, it took five years for it to be eradicated, whatever that means. So, um, so yeah, so hang tight and, uh, don't, don't get your heart too set on anything. Um, so I do have a, a couple of quick reviews. So um, I, I talked about this uh, last week uh, on Twitter and said I was going to do a review of uh, the recruited book um, that's coming here soon. Um, I also this week got the remission uh, kind of graphic novel um, or hardback comic that came out. Um, so there's no spoilers. So I'm, I will do um, a remission. I, I can do soonish uh, like a spoiler review. Uh, where I talk about the story and, and what it's all about. Same with recruited after the book releases, I'm not going to give away spoilers or, or story beats or anything like that. Um, that's not for me to do at least not yet. Um, especially with recruited that that's a, that's a book that if you're a division fan, I, I want you to have ample time to read that and enjoy it. So um, I'll talk about the two uh, pieces of work though. Um, and give my recommendations or not. 
So um, with Remission, so that's a comic graphic novel um, that actually came out on release in France and in Europe, apparently, and only just now got licensed and translated and brought here to the uh, North America. Um, and you can tell. So it's it's a it's a it's a comic set in DC and telling the story of some people who are all from that area. Um, some of them division agents, some of them not. And um, without going into spoilers, it's it's fine. Um, it's a, it's a cool read. It tells a cool story, um, but it has the same problem that a lot of um, division content has had, whether it's game content or books or whatever, you know, um, is that it, it just so, so often doesn't add to the mainline story that we all know and, and are interested in and care about um, almost, you know, Kinley College in the Division Two that that DLC that expansion doesn't further the story or plot a single centimeter at all. It's side thing. There is a story. There is lore to learn about, and there's stuff happening there. Um, but it doesn't impact the mainline story as we know it at all. Um, you could say the same thing about Division One with the underground and with survival. And with Last Stand. And then with Division 2, it was Kinley College. Really didn't advance anything. Um, the Pentagon did-ish. It introduced some people. And uh, it, it, it introduced the bioreactor, even though it's never been utilized since we acquired it. So that, I guess, the, I guess uh, the, the Pentagon missions did push the story forward a little. Um, and then obviously uh, the Coney Island missions were like a precursor to Warlords of New York. Now, let me throw out a thought on that. Um, Warlords of New York, I think, took place before Division 2 was supposed to. Um, I think that they did some things to make it make sense in the timeline to happen after the events of 2. Um, but I'm relatively sure that Warlords of New York was Division 1 DLC that got delayed or canceled. And then they ended up doing it later because that story makes way more sense post division one than it does post division two just saying so that all kind of goes on to this this feeling i've had about all of this stuff um that you know um remission and recruited and broken dawn and even the new york um survival guide and as well as most of the content we've gotten other than the main stories um have all just kind of been these like side stories that almost never push the main story forward at this point i don't even know what the main story is anymore <laughs> um so remission is a thing that if you're a big hardcore division fan and, and you just want to lap up any division information or lore or stories that you can get remission's great remission's fine um it it, it goes a lot more into these people's history and their relationships um it's not the super long comic so you know, all the, a bunch of things happen very quickly and very dramatically. Um, the conclusion has a, you know, has a, has a big, uh, you know, rise up of tension and, and some type of relief. Um, I don't think it's that expensive. I, I would, I would recommend it to a division fan if you care about the lore or the story at all, but don't expect to see Fei Lao. Don't expect to see, um, familiar people. Okay. Okay, so the so the novel, so recruited. I actually got to read this uh, a couple months ago. Now I, I put in for a review copy, got it, and um and 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 read it pretty quickly in a couple days. Um, and it, it's not it, it's I, I I think in length I want to say it's Broken Dawn length if you read that book. Um, and it tells the story of some agents and some stuff going on in DC again. Uh, it goes beyond that they they it doesn't all take place in dc uh that's as much as i'll say about that but um i i recommend this more than remission um i i think if you're a division fan in general recruited is really good to get into um thomas parrot is the author on this one it is um is not the same author as um the broken dawn and the survival guide alex irvine um but i think he does just as good of a job um if not better in some ways of um, bringing us into the world. And, and what's always been so jarring with me, especially with broken Dawn and now recruited is that these books, in my opinion, do such a better job of giving you a real human 
view of what it would be like to be a division agent than the games do because and and we'll I'll talk more about this later but like the division 1 and 2 being looter shooters um there's a reason that like warframe and destiny and and some of the and, and even outriders to a point why the looter shooter works for them even from a story standpoint because they're they're these outlandish monster games where there's monsters and aliens and all this stuff and so the idea of you know destiny even has it built into their lore that you're 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 a, a resurrected hero you know you're a resurrected uh guardian and when you die the reason you can redo content or you come back to life is because of your ghost and and I think Warframe I think, does something similar. And Outriders, I think, just doesn't give a shit about story because it's awful. Um, and so the problem with having a game like The Division in the looter shooter genre is that it just it looks real. A lot of things happen that look real and feel real. Uh, you're using real things or at least plausible things, your equipment and skills and guns and all of that in real places, literally a one-to-one -one representation of DC. And then you have health bars and you have magic and, you know, essentially magic. It's shade tech, but it, it, some things act like magic, right? And so the game really takes you out of it, of believing that any of this is plausible or realistic because it isn't. It just isn't. That's fine because it's a fun game. Whereas these books like Broken Dawn and Recruited do a really good job of a character in these books can get shot in the head once and they're dead forever. They're, they're, there's no restarting the mission. There's no, you know, throwing a revive hive at them to bring them back to life. They just die. <laughs> like people just die in the books. And, and it, um, and, and, and I think Alex Irvine did a great job of that with Broken Dawn and the survival guide. And I think Thomas Parrott does a really good job and recruited um, of making this all feel real without spoiling anything. Um, and uh, I don't think that Irvine even mentions like shade tech in the first and Broken Dawn, or at least not that much. Um, recruited has more use of shade tech and it's really cool and it feels very real. And like the shade tech is disposable and like, it isn't just unlimited regenerating on your back magically. Like, like, you know, like the, uh, like it is, like it does in the games. It's, it's more finite than that. And I really enjoyed, um, you could take all of the division stuff out of broken dawn and now recruited and they would still be interesting stories. Um, but then the way that they're put in there, like Thomas definitely either had a really great li liaison through Ubisoft or plays the games himself or at least really dove into the lore and what the games are and what the and, and the tech and, uh, and the story and all that. Because um, the, the recruiter does a really good job of making you feel like you're following some division agents who are human and who aren't perfect and who aren't invincible. And who have an advantage technologically um, over their opponents, but may not be more motivated or may not be as skilled in some ways. It's um, recruited does a really great job of giving you some insight on what it would be like to be an actual human division agent um, who can die and who can be hurt and who can fail. Um, and I think Broken Dawn did that pretty well as well. They have different writing styles and they're both great. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I want to get into the story eventually. I don't, I want to give people time to read it. So, so maybe a month or two after it comes out, um, I'll dive in and I've actually, um, contacted Thomas to do, uh, an appearance on this podcast where, um, I will talk to him about it and ask some questions and get some clarifications and some opinions from him. And I will definitely ask and any of you who are listening, um, if you have any questions or, or thoughts for Thomas as well. So um, I can't guarantee that's going to happen. Uh, it seems like both sides want to want to do it. It's just going to be a scheduling thing. Uh, and we'll, we'll do that here in a couple months. Um, but yeah, like, so these two things are good. I think if you're a big division fan, you should check them both out. I definitely recommend recruited when it comes out remission. If you can find it, it's at least a cool collector's item is what I would say. Um, but yeah, like the whole thing with this, Broken Dawn and now especially Recruited, like 
I really wish that the game we played played anything like these stories personally. Um, I, I appreciate the looter shooter thing. And I know a lot of people, that's why they like the division, but like something I've talked about. And I know there's other people in the community who like the division, despite its genre, who like the division, despite the fact like that they don't like destiny. They don't like Warframe. They don't like outriders. They don't like these other games, um, but they like the division because it's different than those things. And in, in a really big way of, feeling real of looking real of being in familiar places and um i i think its strength um is is that is that stuff and its weakness is that it it just doesn't really the division games are great and they're fun to play and they're satisfying for the most part but the story potential and the storytelling potential of these games, I think, is wasted on looters. Um, and so I put up a poll. And so it still it still has a few more days. I suspect the results will stay about the same. Um, but I put up a poll saying, hey, what if The Division 3 was essentially a reboot and had a genre change? And I just left it there and I said, yes, I would be interested. No, I would not. Um, and so as of recording, the results were, uh, let's see, 59 to 41%. 59% yes, I would still be interested. 41% no, I would not be interested in that. I, I want a looter, right? Um, so for until, you know, the last day, this result was closer to like 66 to 33, 66 and a half to 33 and a half. And, um, and, and, I, and what's so funny about this community is that every time I've put up polls about big things like this, uh, change genre, uh, should division three have PVP should, you know, uh, did you like the raids or, or not? And it's almost always two thirds to one third, uh, almost. So this one's gotten a little closer to the 50, 50, but, um, and this one, I think at the time of recording had around 280 votes. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm sure division three is probably gonna be a looter again. But the reason I asked this question is, one, I would love to see a game almost uh, of the ilk of like The Last of Us 2, that style, that gritty, realistic, just rough, you know, feeling game set in the Division universe. And because that's how Broken Dawn and now Recruited feel when you read these books, they feel the way that like The Last of Us 2 plays. When you watch gameplay from that game, I'm not talking about the story, all that drama. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just the way those games play, the way that game plays and how gritty and, and raw and gross and just painful that game is. And that's how it would be to be a division agent. And so I would love to see a division game explore that and tell just a very clear narrative and give us like the story I think this IP deserves because the story in division one and two are great. Um, I, I've mentioned this not too long ago on Twitter and one of the writers of the division uh, for, of the games and said, Oh, this makes me feel great. And it wasn't meant to be a knock. I like the story for what it is, but the simple fact is, is that looter shooters, the type of game it is, there's so much more of a focus on the gameplay and it being replayable endlessly and, and all this stuff that the narrative just suffers. And, I think the stories of division one and two are equally good. I, I know some people prefer one, um, others prefer two. I, I think one is actually a, there's not as much story as people think there is. Um, and two actually has a ton of story. It's just so scattered and disconnected and goes off in a hundred different directions. And I don't love that. And that's kind of what I've been talking about. Um, but I would love to see um, a, a game, a division three or whatever, happens maybe we don't even know if we're getting a division three it's definitely not coming anytime soon um, i would love to see them explore like a gritty realistic story and if that means they have to change genres or whatever i'm down i know some other people wouldn't be um obviously from the poll but i just i just wonder if by the time a division three comes division one obviously was trying to catch on to that destiny magic and it failed it didn't it didn't it didn't match it it did well, but it didn't do that. It didn't do what they probably meant to do. And Division 2, I, I think, still kept trying to do that. And I just wonder, like, by the time a Division 3 would even come out, it, are, are looter shooters even going to be a genre worth going into? Or will they change the genre simply because it's not a genre 
worth going into anymore. They'll, they'll switch it simply because now single player narrative games are more popular or whatever. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but I, uh, I would be open to it and you can let me know if you are or not. A couple of quick stories here. So Bioware did a big update blog uh, that got me super excited about maybe some Mass Effect news uh, for the next game uh, that did not come to fruition. Um, they, they briefly mentioned the upcoming Dragon Age and, and Mass Effect games that are in development, um, saying especially about Mass Effect, they want to recapture the excitement that they've seen with the Legendary Edition. I agree. Um, they basically just said that there's four or five secrets in that key art they released on N7 Day. And um, I think people have mostly identified that. I I, I think that image, um, as I've talked about it and made a whole video about it, um, I think was very vague on purpose and meant to start discussion um, because of the characters that you can see in that. They kind of look like the OG crew. If you want a game that's set, that's set right after the trilogy, it kind of looks like people from Andromeda. If that's what you want, like, like that key art is does such a good job of really making, uh, of taking your preconceived biases or your own, your own opinion and, and letting you see that in that image. Um, so whether that was on purpose or not, that's what it did. And it was excellent. I think it was on purpose. And if their goal was to get people talking, they were successful. If their goal was for people not to argue about it, they failed pretty miserably there. But, um, you know, there's, there's kind of like a, a no attention is bad attention, uh, situation going there. So, uh, and then the final thing here is the day before released another trailer. So if you've been following me long enough, you'll know that I'm highly, highly, highly skeptical of this game. Um, they released another trailer, which has no gameplay in it. It has things in the engine happening, um, but nothing that is in this trailer, once again, just like the other ones, is pure organic someone with a mouse and keyboard playing the game. Um, I know this is typical for, for games. I, I understand. Um, but when you have a game that's promising as much as this one is, that is setting expectations as high as it is from a studio who has essentially done nothing, even in the universe of a game like this. Um, and they've been real weird about pushing things back and their communication has been really awkward and they're really, really blatantly ripping off of the division, especially with a lot of the trailers and visuals. Um, I, I don't know. This is one of those ones where I hope it comes out and it's super good and people can flip me the middle finger and tell me I'm an idiot for being skeptical. Um, I, I just, it just still seems so weird and off to me. So um, it, it comes out on uh, what was it? June 21st, supposedly. And, um, and, and we'll see the, the reason this trailer came out is uh, during the NVIDIA show, um, they confirmed that DLSS will be, or no, that ray tracing will be in it. And I think DLSS as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it, it just, it's one of those things that, you know, like if you go on the steam and you type in survival and you'll see 50, you'll see hundreds of survival games on there. And, and a lot of them have spiffy trailers and great websites and their social media accounts post this cool stuff. And then you download the game and you play it and it fulfills about 10% of what they say they're trying to do it. They all look the same. They all have the same base building crap. Um, they, they all just don't, they, these games have so they, they, their aspirations are always so big compared to their talent and their, their, their budget. And it's just the type of things that people are expecting from, and that we're being told are going to be in the day before are, are features that if a triple a studio was saying the same stuff, I wouldn't believe them. And so I just, I'm skeptical and I find it hard to believe that some little studio in Siberia that no one's ever heard of, um, who's being funded by like, a uh you know like a mobile game uh thing and that's all they've done before mobile games and other like really little projects i don't know like i said <clears throat> i hope i'm wrong i'll be happy to be wrong so Okay, so we have a couple of listener questions here. The first one is from Silence Falls on Twitter. Um they ask 
what is something you think could be added to Battlefield 2042 that would bring back interest um, to the game for the general community? And so this speaks straight to me. So I, I think 2042 is great. I think it's so fun to play. It's the most fun I've had since Battlefield 3 or 4 easily, like not even close. And I, and I haven't played it in a month. And, and I have good feelings about the game. I enjoyed leveling it up. I enjoyed playing it. Um, I have some quibbles with it. There's some things I don't like about it, um, but I like it, but I haven't played. And so this, I feel like speaks straight to me. So what would I want to see? That's how I'm going to answer it. Okay. I want to see more maps. Um, I want to see more modes being made into like the actual full game. I know portal is loved in this game. I wish portal didn't happen because it really feels like portal. I know it was done by a different studio, but it seems like the resources that were pulled over for that to happen could have been used so desperately in 2042. Now, I think a portal is eventually going to become its own thing that will transcend really game releases and whatever. They have all these big plans for Battlefield. So um, I just I want more guns to level up. I want more equipment. I want more vehicles. I want more maps. I want more modes. I want if they want to throw some cool story stuff in there. Cool cut extraction don't even waste another minute of development on that mode no one cares no one wants it um it, it, it people were a little excited at first and now i i wonder if anyone's playing that at that point there there certainly can't be very many people so um i, I just want more stuff that's what will bring me back and i think we'll bring more of the general community back uh there's another question that's going to come from master prime next which i'll answer just now at the same time um about like classes and stuff do you do i think those are going to return i i don't um i i don't i don't hate the specialist i really only dislike the specialist that can fly that has the squirrel suit because um the way battlefield is, is it's very much a game of moving front lines and as a round gets going there you start to establish a front line of combat and um and it's all about flanking that front line it's all about you know, getting behind and setting up a, a beacon to spawn in people kind of quietly. So you can try to take over control points and stuff like that. Um, and there's just something about that squirrel suit that every time I die by someone who, you know, jumps off a rock, you know, 500 feet away, lands right behind me and shoots me in the head. It just never feels like I had like a chance to counter that person or to, like, it just feels cheap. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel fun, at least not to me. So, um, do I think that means they need to scrap the whole specialist system? Um, I only really say no. I would prefer the old class system, but I'm going to say no, that they won't bring back the classes because I just think that they've gone all in on the specialist. Um, my biggest gripe besides the squirrel suit is I just wish like the voice lines and stuff are really cringy for the most part. Um, and I wish that they all didn't look exactly the same because I hate looking over and if four people are playing the same specialist, even if they're wearing different outfits, it's you, you look over and you see four of the same human running beside you. <laughs> like it's so jarring. Like I, I wish that they allowed it to, I wish there were like five different faces for each specialist. And so like, I don't care about their name. I, I don't need the specialist to be one person. I'm okay. If it's a random human who can do this specific thing. Um, I, I really don't think they, they need, they need that to be able to like, like for me to be able to know like what specialist someone is, um, because I would rather have to figure that out by the way they're playing than by seeing four of the same people running towards me. Um, so I don't think classes are coming back. I really hope that they're willing to, um, you know, modify the specialist though, and make it feel less like weird like that. But that's just me. Master Prime asks, um, is Ubisoft testing an integration to Game Pass? That, that seems to be what most people think. Um, so we know that Ubisoft Plus is coming to Xbox, um, but it is not going to be part of Game Pass, which a lot of people thought it would be. Um, but they are doing extraction on Game Pass. And so there's a lot of people who think extraction is a test to see how well it does on Game Pass for Ubisoft to potentially add the Ubisoft Plus service to Game Pass the way that EA added their, their service to it as well. Um, and then the final question here from Master Prime, uh, is it important for a game to please content creators and streamers? Um, I think the answer, the simple answer, I think is no. Um, the more complicated answer is it seems like game companies think so. 
Um, I, I've said it before, I've been involved um, in either ongoing or, or previous projects where I was involved in like playtesting and stuff of games where other creators were involved. And um, some of those creators like me or even smaller um, and some really, really big ones and, and who are very notable. And the frustrating thing for me is that, um, and I've, I've ranted about this before, but what the, the issue with um, trying to please creators when it comes to a game is that I would say most, especially big, successful, quote unquote, creators, um, the issue with them is that they don't necessarily want a good game. They don't necessarily, and they actively don't care if the game is balanced and fun for everyone to play. They care about whether or not a game is going to be popular and if they are going to be able to look super cool and be very impressive while they play it. And basically, will this game drive views and interactions for me? so that I can make money because you don't see too many big creators, especially like medium sized ones who are probably the real target uh, for stuff. You, you, you don't see too many of them um, playing games that are boring because people don't stick around. You know, some of the biggest creators can play whatever they want shroud and, and so on um, can do whatever they want and people will watch. That's why you see them playing games that most people wouldn't play. And um, I, I think I think catering games to creators and streamers, I understand that those relationships can be really good for advertisement and PR and things like that. Um, I really think that in the long run, though, I would say most of the time, if you try to cater your game to be good for a specific, you know, relatively small group of people, um, you may see short term dividends from someone having a hundred thousand people watching their stream and watching your game. Um, I think the long-term repercussions of that can be pretty damaging though. I think, I think trying to make a game popular with creators is setting yourself up to have a game that won't be popular to the other 99.9% .9 of people for as long. So um, it, it's a balance that you know, game devs definitely seem to be working on right now and trying to balance out. And I suspect in the long run, will find that they're going to realize that they don't necessarily need, um, you know, to, to specifically try to please those people. Um, and maybe can start to just kind of take their input for what it is and, uh, being, uh, very small, uh, you know, a very small slice of the pie. So, um, if you have any questions, um, I, I post a thing in my, in the discord where you can ask questions on my Twitter. Uh, I always post something every week that gives you the opportunity to have questions or topics for the next episode of the echo cast. Um, you can email me, you can join my Patreon and ask me on there. Um, there's all kinds of places, even in the comments of the YouTube video, you can ask there as well. Okay. So we'll wrap this up with content updates. Um, so I have put my name in to potentially be on a mass effect podcast. So this wouldn't be the echo cast. I would appear on a different podcast. Uh, there was a call out by this relatively large podcast um, asking for people who had only started with Mass Effect with the Legendary Edition, which uh, describes me perfectly. And um, because I think I annoy all of you with my Mass Effect talk, or at least I have, uh, I think it would be great to be able to go onto a show where that's what I'm there for. So um, be on the lookout for more information about that. I'm hoping I do get selected. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I also do, like I mentioned before, I have a few people kind of in line to have on the show at some point. Um, so Thomas Parrott, the, the author of Recruited, we're going to try to get him on at some point. Um, Taylor, uh, the, the old division creator and now massive employee, um, kind of touched base with me about being on at some point and talking about games, probably not talking about what he works on, um, but we'll talk about that. Um, obviously, I'm going to try to get Ross and Thurber back on. Um, to talk about the division movie as things progress on that. And I'll be annoying him later on this year to do that. 
Um, Rogue Gold, who some of you may know is a big Division Two creator, um, you know, inquired about being on, and I would love to. Uh, we we have pretty different takes on on the division, and um, I, I where I've essentially given up. Uh, Rogue keeps on uh, trucking, and I can appreciate that, uh, as well as some other people who are in the works. And I'm trying to get. I would love to get like a Mass Effect dev on, um, and people from like other companies. So I I stop uh, only pulling from my Ubisoft connections. Uh, not that I don't appreciate those. The big thing that's currently in the works that I'm hoping will come to fruition is um, as a I am a patron of Kind of Funny, and they put out a call um, for community podcasts to put in their information um, to potentially have Greg Miller, um, the CEO of Kind of Funny, on an episode of their podcast. Uh, so they basically opened up 10 slots um, where he's going to take an hour. Um, uh, for each podcast, uh, five podcasts on two different days and be on their show and, and, and do their show with them. And, um, so I put in, uh, the echo cast. Um, I'm hoping I basically put in that, uh, the, the biggest episode I've ever had came after he retweeted the show, uh, concerning the division, um, the division two before release, he, um, kind of unknowingly tweeted me out and, uh, that was really cool. Uh, probably the highlight of my podcasting career so far. Um, he's also a big division fan, um, a big fan of games that not everyone else loves, which I appreciate. Uh, and he's also a recent father. So I kind of put in like, Hey, we can talk about being a gaming dad, a creator dad. We can talk about the division and, and kind of what's going on with that and, and our thoughts on it. We can talk about podcasting and all that. So I'm hoping I get picked. Um, I think we'll know in the next week or two, whether or not that's going to happen. Um, if it doesn't, it's all good. Um, it, but it would be pretty cool to have someone who really inspires me to do this on the show. Uh, the final thing is, is I've been streaming, um, pretty consistently, um, on Twitch. Uh, so if you want to come over and check that out, I have mostly been playing Tarkov and that's probably going to continue for a while. There's not really anything else. I'm super interested in playing. Um, I would like to play mass effect on stream, but every time I do, people are never uh, very interested in hanging out. So, um, Tarkov is probably it for now. Um, I, I can't wait to stream, you know, Heartland and Division Two content and stuff that I think more people will be interested in. But I don't know. It's just I don't know when that's coming. So um, I do, uh, you know, stalkers coming and things like that. There are games I want to check out. Uh, but for now, I, I think we're just kind of doing what we do. And uh, even if you don't like Tarkov, feel free to stop by. We can talk about other stuff as well. Um, I've been uploading all of my VODs to YouTube uh, as well as the podcast, and I've been trying to take cuts out of that and putting up shorts. Um, if you're a creator of any size, um, I've had huge success with shorts on YouTube where every single VOD or podcast or other video I put up, I try to take a little 60-second snippet out of it and post it as a short that links back to whatever content it came from. And, you know, most of my videos get less than 100 views. And that's fine. I, that's not, that's all I'm looking for. Most of my shorts get like 500 plus views. Um, and a couple of them have get, gotten over a thousand or have gotten a few thousand. Um, so if you're a creator, check those out. Um, they, they are definitely worth um, trying to get some engagement. So there's my, there's Bond's word of creator advice. If you want to be a hyper successful person like me, you know, <laughs> yikes, <laughs> um, you know, listen to me, I guess, or don't, that's up to you. Let's wrap this thing up. Um, I do stream over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash bondiesel. Um, I do post the podcast stream VODs and some narrative game videos and reviews over on YouTube as bondiesel. If you are on discord, please check out my discord down in the description below, or you can find the link over on my Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at bondiesel. Or if you just want gaming or EchoCast updates, you can check out at the EchoCast. And if you want some EchoCast or Bond Diesel merch, please check out designbyhumans.com slash shop slash Bond Diesel or streamlabs.com slash Bond Diesel slash merch. That's all I have. So until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.